Happening now, we want to welcome our viewers from across the United States and around the world. This is the Education Technology Situation Room. Good evening. My name is Jason Neifer, and I am the Assistant Director and Curriculum Director of the Montana Digital Academy in fabulous Missoula, Montana. And I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Wes Fryer. Good evening, Wes. You seem to be mobile tonight. I am. So people will get a little more disclosure into our, our busy lives because... Uh, I have not been home yet, and our uh, my daughter's dance um, gets out now at 9.30 instead of 8.30. So we are experiencing the joys of high-speed T-Mobile LTE from Edmond, Oklahoma, and a Google Hangout on the phone via the uh, the, the earbuds. But, hey, the show must go on. So Yeah, well, and I, I got to say, I, the, the signal looks great. Uh, the video looks solid. And um, I think you may actually pull off something that will, will chagrin me even more about my ongoing Wi-Fi problems. Your connection may actually be a little more stable than mine tonight. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. So um, it is, uh, as of the recording of this uh, podcast, September 7th, 2016, which will be known as the day... Earphones died, um, and we'll talk about that in somewhat greater detail, but I'm guessing that probably our big topic of the day will be that Apple held a fall event this morning, and um, it's still being debated quite hotly across the United States and around the world, which is weirdly the, the subtext of our introduction about whether today was good news or bad news. I can tell you that I've heard from a half dozen of my kind of tech-savvy friends and colleagues and the reviews are decidedly mixed across the way. Um, uh, Wes, I know you watched the whole keynote today, and I saw about two-thirds of it. Uh, first of all, your overall impressions of today. Oh, well, you know, first off, I want to say Apple is innovative. Um, I was I exchanged some, some tweets today um, with Chris Nessie, who has a, a great EdTech podcast, and uh, he, he, he kind of did a little sniping, you know, I can't wait until Apple's innovative and uh, said he's waiting for the next product. I mean, yeah, you're not going to come out with some kind of, uh, you know, earth changing product. I, I don't know how many billion iPhones that Cook said Apple had sold. And it just it boggles the mind. It's the, the best selling, you know, piece of electronics and it's got to be one of the best selling things as far as like from a single vendor that, that ever. So I don't know. My, my overall was Apple is continuing to, to innovate and move forward. Um, you know, this, I, they, they, they led with the floppy disk, you know, before with IMAX being gone before people were, were ready for that. Um, they did the same thing with CDs in the MacBook air. And now, you know, they're, they're moving beyond the headphone. I loved Tim Cook's picture I think it was Tim Cook when he talked about, or maybe, maybe it was the guy who was up there doing the, the iPhone um, presentation, but it, it showed the AT&T switchboard from, you know, like 1915 or something saying, we are having the courage to, you know, move, move beyond. But, um, you know, airplay technology, there's so many things. I mean, look at this. I am, I'm on my phone uh, in the parking lot outside the dance studio where my daughter is going and, you know, we're having a, uh, uh, and obviously this is thanks to Google and YouTube and Google Hangouts. It's not just all Apple, but anyway, I, I guess I, I haven't actually read a lot of the the feedback from the the blogs and stuff like that. Um, 
but my overall was Apple continues to innovate. I'm disappointed that there's no FaceTime on the, the next generation watch. And of course I wanted, as we'll talk about later, you know, revs to, to laptops and stuff like that. But what, what, what's your, what's your overall takeaway and impression, Jason? Well, as, as uh, viewers of this podcast know that I'm, I'm somewhat of a recovering uh, Apple person. Um, I still, um, you know, utilize Apple products in about a third of my work and home life. Um, I have an Android phone. I'm now regularly using a PC laptop. Um, I go back and forth from an iMac to a Windows desktop at work. And then tablet-wise, there is no better tablet than the iPad. But um, I will say that broadly, there wasn't anything today in the announcement that would pull me back into an iPhone. Um, because I, I don't think there was was anything. I mean, I, we could talk about the headphone thing a, a bit separately. But um, there wasn't anything presented today that would pull me back into the iOS universe for a phone. But I think there's a grander problem here that's really not Apple's problem. There isn't a whole lot of innovation left on phones. And I think these are now commoditized and, and, and really end game products that, um, you know, are, are really going to just become thinner and faster and lighter and more powerful as opposed to evolving with, with new features. And I think that's the, the real crux of, of the problem that the phone manufacturers are in. It's part of the reason why there are great tech savvy people. They're happy with their three-year-old Moto G phone, right? That they don't feel the need to go beyond that because the newer, faster phones are great, but they're not providing them anything that can really get them to jump. And so um, I, I, you know, as much as I've been kind of wavering on my Apple fandom, um, the frank answer is that two people or too many people, I think, are, are calling the death knell of, of, of Apple when you know, let's let's be honest, they're still the most profitable company on earth. They're the largest company on earth. They sometimes trade off with petrochemical companies, but um, you know, they are they are getting money from consumers hand over fist. And so there's there's really uh you know all the you know Apple's dead stuff is is kind of silly to me. Um so what I thought I'd do is I'm gonna go ahead and quickly mention the um the interesting things that, that were announced today, and then we could go through then and maybe talk about which of the stuff is exciting and which of it is not exciting. Um, a game that I was going to call, it's, I had a really clever name that, 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 that I thought maybe was offensive. I called it a yay or meh is the game we'll play here in a moment. But uh, great life hacker article. Uh, you can find the links to the articles we refer to at uh, edtechsr.com. Um, we have a document we maintain with all the links from today's show. Uh, but uh, it's a great life hack article that uh, talks about uh, the, the basic exciting things that, that quote unquote actually matter in today's announcement. Um, first and foremost, um, the iPhone 7 itself is now water resistant, which I think is something that Android phones, uh, premium Android phones have led Apple on, and now they are keeping up with that. Uh, they're upping the base storage, and so um, you don't have to get uh, you don't have to try to get away with a 16 gigabyte phone anymore. It's 32, 64, and 128. Um, the, they will ship in just two weeks, so they're ready to go. Uh, obviously, they killed off the headphone jack and replaced it with a pair of Lightning um, earbuds, um, Apple earbuds, and then they also um, will come with an adapter, so you can plug in old headphones. Um, the camera got uh, what, what appears to be a massive upgrade. They're utilizing a dual lenses, which is actually something that had appeared on some of the higher-end Android phones. Um, I'm going to guess that Apple's implementation is probably good or great uh, based on their past cameras and phones. Um, 
They they also announced something called AirPods, which are one hundred and sixty dollar um, wireless headphones that uh, um, uh, pair with all of your Apple products, and apparently it's effortless to move them from uh, Apple device to Apple device that's on your Apple account. Which I, I I can't wrap my brain around how that might work. And there's also one one touch access to Siri. Uh, for those of you uh, listening to the podcast, I just touched my ear <laughs> um, to note what, what that's going to kind of look like. So for those of you that saw the uh, kind of modern science fiction um, movie Her two years ago about artificial intelligence, um, it's going to look something like something like the ear earbuds that were featured in that film. No word whether or not the future looking fashions in that film, the really awkward pulled up pants will be part of the future of Apple. Um, and then iOS 10 launches in two weeks or next week as expected. And then um, two other major announcements. One of them is there's going to be a new Apple Watch, the Apple Watch Series 2, which is thinner, um, has a GPS uh, located in the device, and is water-resistant up to 50 meters. And then clearly the most bizarre announcement that iWork gets uh, real-time collaboration. Um so Wes, let's go through these one by one, and uh, I guess we need to declare them yay or meh. And so, I'll, I'll also say, did, did you watch the end? Uh, which part of the end? What was that? As far as the performance, oh, oh, like yeah. I was going. I mean, I was, I was See, trying uh, to work yeah. on some other things too, but it was like, anyway, that was a bizarre end. Whoever that yes, the artist yeah. was and the dance and stuff like that, it was, yeah. it was the most bizarre end to an Apple event I've ever seen. So anyway. <laughs> hip, hip Apple music. So I, I um, guess. So let's start here. Broadly, um, iPhone Wes, yay or meh? Uh, I think, okay, but generally, I mean, in the spirit of, is it going to change the world? No. Um, I just dropped in a link. Uh, I'll have to find the direct article, but it was a BBC click podcast um, where they said African cities in Nairobi now have secondary marks secondary market smartphones available yeah. for ten dollars each i mean it is a commoditized world when it comes yeah. to the smartphone so yes i think the polish looks amazing and i'm excited about you know more advanced uh you know phone features and and being able to have the telephoto i mean that stuff we're we're, we're continuing to see incremental improvements that really are freaking amazing i mean high hdr high dynamic range uh, photographs are incredible uh and the way that that's built in and and just you know look at iphone 4 to iphone 7 i mean when i got that iphone 4 and that camera i was like oh my gosh um i don't think i need to ever get a, a digital slr i know right. that they'd, it'd be it'd be amazing and i've got folks that are I know no no people that are very into their photography and they wouldn't right. you know, that that's just a uh, blasphemous thing to say but you know the pictures that they did show were were phenomenal so I don't know I guess it depends people <laughs> people think of an apple event as being some kind of religious experience I guess <laughs> and they're they're right. wanting the messiah to appear and um anyway I I wasn't expecting that I don't I I I'm I think the phone I, as because we have all these phones in our family, we have to think about these things in terms of, you know, how do they trickle down and all that. So, I mean, I'll be excited for the, for the features, um, but you know, it's not going to change the world. And I was honestly holding my breath more for Apple Watch updates than I than I was sure. for the phone. Now, but, but well, you had said that you, this might bring you back. What did you not hear 
that you were thinking might bring you back into the Apple fold for phones? I don't really know. I, for me, it's not the hardware. The hardware is beautiful. I mean, you can't beat the hardware on an Apple phone. You just can't. And um, I did. I did read the first three lines of an article, and I wish I'd put this in in the in the show notes because uh, it, it could go into some detail. But journalists that were at the event today got to touch and feel them uh, them the phones. Um, and they, some reported that they felt like there was a, a, a palpable change in the physical feel of the hardware, that it felt different, and it seemed like that the, the context of that was positive. And so I've never had an, an issue with the hardware. For me, it's always been software, and there are some things I can do, still do on Android better than I can do on an Apple phone. And the one I mentioned, I used to mention widgets a lot, uh, but to be honest, I don't use widgets anymore that much on my Android phones. The, the one feature that's killer for me is the ability to choose as the end user what my default app is for different actions. For example, um, I when I'm on my iPad, I would very much prefer the Chrome browser over the Safari browser, even though the Safari browser is faster and seemingly more stable on the iPad. But I'm logged into a Chrome universe and having access to my bookmarks and my history makes that experience worth it for me. Whereas I feel as though the, the Safari browser is, is not as full featured and it's not you know, hooked into my digital life like the Chrome browser is. On a, an Android device, I can make that pick, whether it's the mail app or it's the browser of choice. If I want to download, and there are dozens of open source browsers for Android that, I mean, frankly, are awful, but if I want to choose one of those because I had some sort of, of, of you know, edgy open source only philosophy, I could do that. And that's not possible or it's not capable to happen on the iOS device. And that's the stuff that makes a big difference for me. Um, you know, the uh, I've never found an Android tablet that I've even a little bit liked. They're all terrible uh, in comparison to the iPad, uh, in my humble opinion. But the phones are really a, a, a big difference for me. And now that I, I am using, well, I have been using a premium um, uh, Android phone. I'm currently on a Nexus 6, which is ridiculously huge, but it's a beautiful piece of hardware um, that has a beautiful, big, beautiful screen and uh, gets great updates from um, from Mother Google uh, fairly regularly. This is a great device. And so, uh, you know, that's that's the bottom line for me. So I didn't hear anything today um, in, in the, um, the iPhone 7 announcements that I would say is anything beyond meh for me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anything more about the camera? Like, does the camera dual lens something better, better, better? I mean, I'm fairly certain it's probably the best or one of the two or three best cell phone cameras. Oh, yeah. No, no, no question. It, it's, it's, an, it's amazing. And the technology, the software processing that it's able to do, yeah. you know, is, is really spectacular. And that's probably, uh, you know, as much, as much or more of the story as the, uh, as the, as the hardware update. And that's the thing that Apple, you know, continues to do really well. And, and that differentiates them in the market is being able to have both the, the hardware and the software and be able to do such a, such a tight integration. Um, you know, we here on the educational technology situation room, we're, we take the, the educational lens to, to these things. And I definitely tonight want to get to that, to that time article and, and talk a little bit about, you know, screens in schools and, and overall, because I think, I don't know. It's it's easy for us to um, just 
have that tech lust and that, you know, ooh, it's shiny, it's new, and, and you know, kind of be carried away with that. Some respects, as educators, be dismissed by a lot of folks out there who just say, yeah, it's just an Apple fanboy or it's just, you know, somebody who just loves tech. I really think it's important for us not to be in love with technology for technology's sake. I think it's really right. important for us to focus on learning. We can, we can talk more about that. So I don't know. I just I think that uh, it's great to see innovation pushed forward. And, you know, again, it's not the sea change. Like, you know, I was in San Francisco in 2007 in in Moscone Center when Steve Jobs announced the the iPhone we didn't know that was going to happen but that was the the one year I I went to Macworld you know that was definitely a sea change and the iPad was a similar game changer um we don't see that level of game change what we see is the is the incremental push but you know not only does that give a phenomenal experience for those people who can afford to have that you know latest and greatest phone it also makes the you know, phone of two years ago and three years ago, which was unbelievable when it came out, you know, to be much more the norm. So, yeah, I don't think I, I think the main of all the, the different things that you talked about, um, I think the, the move away from headphones and em, embracing, you know, hopefully better wireless connectivity. I still have trouble with my Bluetooth devices and pairing and all that kind of stuff. Um, if, if Apple can get that better and make that more reliable. I do think it's a good thing to leave, you know, the, the, the old ways of the old, you know, the old plugs behind. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really see the iPhone seven, you know, making a big difference in the lives of, of students and teachers in terms of what it brings today. It's again, that idea that the technology's moved ahead and look what we can now afford, you know, that, that, that becomes much more um, of the commoditized, normalized hey look at look at what every smart right. device can do sort of right. thing. let's talk about the headphone jack for a second um i want to make one important point and and hat tip to martin horage at the university of montana for making this argument this morning he's absolutely right the best thing about the loss of the phone jack is that it's going to make bluetooth suck dramatically less um in in the next uh 12 to 18 months right like when every uh, advanced tech user is suddenly beholden to the Bluetooth standard. And, and I will say right now, Bluetooth is about as inelegant of an interface on every device. How you can do a little better. Uh, a good example of this is, is devices that have the, um, the uh, NFC pairing on Android that allow you to go to a Bluetooth speaker and tap the phone and pair it. That's usually great. Although it, it, it might, uh, it, honestly, works but I would assume this tech use memory for blue dollars um, according to uh, sources across the to store and buy one for every and and becomes a you know a, a, a lightning uh, device but do you care about this at all um i do in fact and i'm gonna i'm gonna see can you is my audio okay yeah it's not great okay because we were i was getting a lot of um 
uh, sort of uh, buffering and, and losing a little bit of that. What, what, um, so you were overall just saying the, about Bluetooth and the connectivity piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Um, here's a classroom story about how much Bluetooth has sucked and how much it needs to improve. You know, uh, 2013 to 15, I was teaching STEM for fourth and fifth grade full time. Um, got some um, class. What is it? Uh, got some mini grants. Uh, teachers choose, right? Donors choose. My, my brain might not be working as quickly as it needs to be. Um, and so anyway, got four Spiros. And it was so hard as far as pairing them. We finally right. figured out we had to just leave four iPads as the designated Sphero iPads. And But yeah. even then, it be, it was always difficult. And, it, you know, it was a tech literacy thing. Kids troubleshot mm-hmm. it. They figured it out. You know, they worked through stuff. But it was really frustrating in the way that, you know, Apple's particularly technologies and, and Google, too, is just supposed to work. So I, um, I honestly, and, and this is something that Geek of the Week-wise, if you or other, any of our, listeners have bluetooth speaker recommendations um i have a you know pretty inexpensive one i got at target that uh honestly we use it in car trips because i have not we haven't upgraded our our vans to you know be able to to do bluetooth and that and i'm hopeful we'll be able to do that at some point but i'd like in my in our home i'd love to have bluetooth speakers in the bathroom bluetooth speakers in the kitchen but you know it's it is absolutely not there so i i totally agree that this should push the the it, it should raise the bar of expectation for everyone that Bluetooth should just work. It shouldn't be problematic. And, you know, hopefully that's going to be an outcome of, of Apple making this decision. So I agree with that a hundred percent. Yep. And, and I do think to, um, Parts of great news that Bluetooth has been um, has been so uh, uh, kind of democratized. I guess is the best way of putting it. You can buy lots of great cheap Bluetooth stuff, whereas the early stuff was super expensive. And I thought for not you know not very good reasons. But um, you know it it will uh, it will cause us to go back and probably reevaluate you know um, which of these devices uh, need you know more modern improvements and create uh, kind of a better environment. So yeah, I think that's a super great. And will very much uh, improve things um, in the environment. So uh, let's see other things in the Apple announcement today that uh, we should uh, be rating uh, meh or yay. Um, AirPods, West Apple's new wireless headphones, yay or meh? Okay, full disclosure, I'm I'm, I'm eating my Subway sandwich here, so. <laughs> You got you got to give your your opinion, and I'm going to finish chewing, and then I'll. Okay, you got it. Um, look awesome, um, great. Uh, for those of you that have not seen the announcement today, these are $160 uh, wireless headphones that have uh, they they're kind of the shape of those those little ear pods that are or AirPods or whatever they call themselves that uh, fit into ears. I will admit I don't find them as comfortable um, as I expected to when I when I bought a pair a time ago. Uh, but they're they're smart in that they have a chip inside of them. They apparently are very good at uh, uh, connecting to multiple devices. You can program various Apple devices into them and effortlessly switch in them. You can tap your uh, device um, and get to Siri, which is really great. I think uh, makes Siri that much better. But they're $160. They only have five hours of battery life, and as I've seen three different headlines. Uh, kind of, uh, uh, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, joke, 
that uh, most users will use the or lose them in the first week they own them. Um, they do come with a little battery case that you can pop them into and charge from, but um, you know it's it's uh, not. Uh, I, I'm not tempted by them at all. Hey Wes, I think you're mute. I was because I was chewing. I've got, <laughs> got, I've got too many buttons. Sorry about that. Um, so it's amazing that Apple is trying to change this this normal, right? This right. It is ubiquitous that we all plug in headphones. And yes, there are folks with Bluetooth devices, and we've all seen people in the grocery store who appear to be talking to themselves and are on you know on a Bluetooth call. But um, if anybody can shift that normal, I mean, it, Apple has 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 pretty much been the one to do that. So I agree it's going to be easy to lose them, um, but I'm intrigued by the fact that there's a chip inside. And, you know, we've, we've talked on the show about oh, the merger of technology with, with our humanity and, right. you know, how devices are going to become more and more embedded. And so, I don't know, I'm seeing that here where, you know, now you're going to have a chip in your ear or actually in both ears and – um, the augmentation and the things that, you know, that, that probably the U.S. Army and, and Special Forces are doing right now as we speak in terms right. of their augmentation abilities to, you know, think Avatar, be able to see long, Bionic Man, you know, see further, hear better, um, you know, push the human body further. So I think it's cool from a technology standpoint, and I think just like Google Glasses – kind of challenged us and, and, you know, people to think, oh, my gosh, you know, you've got a screen right there and you've got a camera right there. Yeah, we're all going to have chips right here in our ears. Right. And so we are becoming cyborgs. We've made that point in the podcast before. Um, and there's an interesting segue that we can when we start to talk about that time article and screens. Um, so it's this. It's a sign of the times the Apple events are and we can read into them. You know, not just what's going to happen for the next quarter and is Apple going to, going to sell more of these de- devices and how is that going to financially play out. But it's the continuing development of technology and the meshing of technology with human capacity, with human perception and human abilities. And so I think that's both exciting and scary and it's also just reality. So I don't know. I, that, that's, that sits with me as an image seeing that video of the chip you know, in the earpiece and and then thinking about Hall Davidson used to, used to joke, <clears throat> he's with Discovery Education, about his daughter with her iPod at the time. And I, I think he actually recorded himself but put the meta information on as Miley Cyrus. So, you know, her, his daughter was listening to Miley Cyrus. Oh, my gosh. And here's her dad. And he said, you know, how closer can you get to the brain than, you know, than earbuds that are, that are inside the ears? Um, I don't know. I think there's going to. There's some pretty interesting thoughts to have about about technology and about its augmentation process and about how even now most of us will feel naked or just incomplete when we don't have our phone with us when we walk out of the house. Right. And people have the ghost, you know, the ghost buzz and like, do I have that phone? I don't even have my phone. So I don't know. We're just we're we're bec- we're becoming more and more dependent upon our devices. And, you know, companies like Apple are mainstreaming the you know, a bleeding edge of, of innovation. So I'm, okay. I'm excited about that, and I'm going to gonna give that a try. Uh, two more then. Um, Apple Watch 2. Wes, you suggested earlier this was good news for you. 
Well, I haven't had a, a, a uh, I've been, I've been on a $15 watch for a couple of years, which is fine. You know, it works, but I was really hoping for video conferencing and I think it's probably good to have the built-in GPS, but I still think the Apple watch is a bit of a meh, you know, it's, I was reading an article today or yesterday about how the, you know, just more narrowly focused fitness bands and things are, are outstripping the market and, I don't know. I don't think this is this has pushed me over the edge. It's great to see the battery life getting, you know, getting better. Um, but uh, you have an Android smartwatch, don't you? I do, although not on today. And I don't dislike the watch. I just don't. I just don't get much from it. It's it's pretty good, not super great. Um, every time they introduce a new uh, uh, version of uh, the. The operating system, Android Wear operating system, it gets a little bit better. I just haven't found it to be a, you know, a necessary device. Like I feel naked if I leave the house without a cell phone. I feel meh if I leave the house without my Android watch. And I probably wear it half of days. It's a great device. It's a beautiful device. It's a well done device. It's just not something that's a go to for me. And so I will say, um, most of the Apple fan people I know, um, are, in for the second generation of the watch. They weren't in for the first generation. They're definitely in for the second generation and thinner, better battery life, lots of enhancements, better screen, blah, 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 blah. Um, I do know more people. I expect to see more people with an Apple watch in the near future. Yeah. And I was, I'm in that boat too, where I was waiting um, to, you know, see what, what generation two was going to have because iPad one, not great. iPhone one, you know, not great. Um, MacBook Air, Generation 1, not great. Uh, Apple TV, you know, all, you just go down the line. Right. So I'm definitely interested in it. But, again, from an educational standpoint, you know, we've got a handful of teachers who – and I'm saying handful. I mean, like, I know maybe two uh, or three who ha- out of 120 teachers or something, um, you know, who have one. And I just, I just don't see the educational or the life – purpose uh it's just kind of a toy and a trinket and so i think the educational impact is minimal and the the bump as far as the capabilities is is pretty minimal as well so when when we can facetime video conference on it that and and do a dick tracy experience he will be trans transformative you know being able to i mean our our sons at college we visited with him uh we i don't think we facetime with him but we talked about that you know on Sunday, you know, should we do that? And, and so that kind of thing, as far as being able to bring the ubiquity, the iPhones already revolutionized that as far as making that so much easier. It used to be really, really difficult to, you know, have a two-way video conference uh, and it and just involved a lot more uh, sort of smoke and mirrors and, and, you know, tech, techie mojo. Um, so right. Apple has done a good job normalizing that and making that easier. But um Anyway, when it comes to the phone, I think I think that's going to probably be my tipping point. So, uh, sure. full disclosure, I was I was at the mall tonight uh, looking at fossil watches and you know <laughs> thinking, you know that may that may be the way to go versus you know yep. going Apple. Yep. By the way, I will say one other note on the watch. Um, I'm I'm maybe in for Pebble Pebble watch uh, sometime in the near future. Hundred bucks, um, wonderful. Um, Wonderful battery life and does as much as I would need out of that particular device. So I will then, also say I'll, I'll say on that note, too, uh, shout out to my friend James Deaton, uh, J.E.D. Jed on Twitter. <clears throat> he picked up or no, he was telling me about 
a Pebble Watch when Target, when, when the Pebble 2 came out and the Pebble 1, I mean, you could pick up a Pebble 1 for almost nothing. So, you know, that I could be enticed possibly by, by, by a, a less expensive tech. And that's just something to watch with, with these yep. other things coming out as far as when who's going to put something on clearance. Um, and by the way, for the record, Wes, getting a wreck right now would make you an awful meme. So don't, don't, don't crash your car. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm not going to. Uh, um, and then the last one, the last announcement today, I found completely and utterly bizarre. Um, and they kind of announced it as, isn't it great to collaborate? And then they uh, announced the uh, that iWork now comes with live collaboration. And I... <laughs> We've mentioned it tw- at least twice on this show. I talk about it with all my Apple friends. iWork is functionally dead to me. Um, it used to be, and, and the, the document was never great for me, and the spreadsheet system was never great for me, but I used to be a very devoted Keynote fan. And at a certain point, three, maybe four years ago, it just stopped being update, updated. It had no new features. And PowerPoint and Google uh, Slides, have surpassed iWork, in my humble opinion, as as good responsive presentation platforms, which means there's nothing left for me there. And so not unlike, um, you know, how Google Docs works, although it works with the, uh, I think it works with the desktop apps and maybe the iPad iPad and iPhone apps too, there is a, a collaboration suite available now with iWork. So I guess this starts with, Wes, are you still using iWork? Not much at all. Um, you know, I migrated as I think as, as I think you did away from Keynote, and it just Google Slides has become so powerful to be yeah. able to have the updated version. I mean, literally tonight, one of the reasons I didn't go home yet was we uh, have a couple different open houses, and this was for for pre K parents, and uh, it's <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, I had my presentation loaded up there but I still had a couple changes to make to slides. And so I'm on a laptop in the back of the room, you know, actually putting a different screenshot up and and something else. Um, I don't know. They're so powerful. So, you know, when I heard, when I heard him say education, uh, I, my ears really perked up and and he, he he said, he said that, I mean, we knew about Swift playground and that is exciting. Um, And and I also perked up on the, they talked about um, Apple's, um, investment program where they, they, I forget what it's called, but it's iPads and, and uh, connectivity in the classroom. And we have one of those schools, Arthur Elementary, here in Oklahoma City. So my ears are really perking up going, oh, my gosh, did, you know, teachers and kids from Arthur get to travel? And, of course, they're more, you know, closer. California schools that got to, got to travel. But Apple's commitment to education is very important. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I work, I guess maybe they just feel like they need to keep it alive. At one point, I think they really believed that it could be an alternative to Microsoft mm-hmm. Office. Um, the, the pivot that Microsoft has done is so positive as far as uh, trying, I think, to just make their stuff work on every platform. Um, you know, we just we haven't we haven't seen the innovation there. Yep. So I, I work is basically dead. Uh, I think it's a hat tip to Google to say, hey, you can do real time collaboration. Yep. But I personally don't know anyone who's really excited about iWork in schools, it'll be interesting to see, I would guess they'll push this on their, you know, iPad. Um, oh, and I should know the, remember the name of, of the, of the project with the, with the schools that are, that are 
doing the iPads better. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I they'll, they'll, they'll probably advance that, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's following, following the lead of Google. We need real-time collaboration. And maybe, I mean, look, there, there is space to innovate and to, and to push things further. Um, right. I'm still showing teachers the uh, awesome powers of Etherpad, which the one I really use the most is on TitanPad. I need to write a blog post. I did a, uh, a lesson for our middle division students in February on Leap, Leap Day on the 29th of February, and we used multiple Etherpads and had templates, and kids broke into groups, and they were assigned a different candidate you know, for the primary, and they were looking at their social media footprint. And I absolutely love how everybody has their own color. They have a separate space to do chat, and it has a time slider. And so you can play back the entire document creation. You know, you cannot do that in Google Docs. So yep. hopefully Apple will not just replicate, but they will advance and push things further. Right. And we see companies do this who are buying other companies is, is they're leapfrogging. And so they're buying a capability and, but then they're entering the market at a higher point because, right. you know, they don't just have to come in at, at that at the status quo. They, they can actually push it. So right. hopefully in the spirit of Apple's innovation and their commitment to education, they won't just say, well, here's Google Docs and iWork. They'll be, you know, there was a, oh gosh, I don't think I can pull the name of, out of my hat, but there was a program that we used in the, in the uh, uh, late 90s at uh, Texas Tech when I was in doing distance learning. And our dean at the time was being courted by some Apple folks, and anyway, got got laptops. I don't. I'll have to. I'll have to put it into the show notes. But basically, it was a Bonjour-based uh, chat app that let everybody just join uh, into a chat, and everybody had their own color. And it was it was a great back channel. And and that kind of functionality, uh, I don't. I, I still don't know another tool that will do that. So right. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, the the uh, jury can can still be out on that and. And I will definitely still contend that Apple, you know, Apple is very innovative in pushing the boundaries. It seems like people yeah. just have such high expectations to say, hey, every six months we should have a, you know, market changing new product. And that's just so stupidly right. naive to think that right. that's even possible. Well, and I will say one one last comment related to the iWork suite. I mean, and this is this is a, a, an accusation I can also make of Microsoft is that the collaboration stuff doesn't innovate; it catches them up, right? I mean, for iWork, that catches them up to Google Drive. For for Microsoft, it catches them up to Google Drive. And in a lot of ways, Google Drive is still a much more elegant solution to that collaboration question. And so, for me. Um, you know, there's nothing there, and especially since it's not cross-platform, like I, you know, like I, uh, most of the people I do collaborate happen to be Apple users, but some are not, and that becomes an immediate turnoff to me if that's not cross-application. Uh, so, yep, yep. I, uh, I, I thought I would make one last, uh, we can make one last uh, quick discussion point related to the Apple stuff. Um, I have four things that um, you could argue when suspiciously missing today. And so let's let's give a quick shout out to those pieces. And I have some data related to how long it's been since they've been updated. So despite rumors, there was um, uh, no uh, update announced today to the MacBook Pro with Retina display. And for those who are keeping track at home, it's been 477 days since the last release of an updated MacBook Pro with Retina. Um, there is something expected fall 2016, but other than some minor spec bumps, it's the same MacBook Pro it's been for the last uh, you know, two and a half years. Um, the second thing not announced today was any updates to iPads. Of course, the, the big iPads, the iPad Pros were released this past spring, but the iPad Mini, um, the iPad Air, 
those um, platforms have not been updated. And to give you some sense of that, the iPad mini has not received a spec bump in a full year. And I don't even know if they're selling iPad Airs anymore because they're not even listing them on most spec sites. But yeah, uh, yeah, the, they are. We've been we've been buying uh, Air Twos. They don't share the, Air, the Air ones, but Air Twos are still for sale because we're we're still buying them. Because if you don't need an Apple Pencil, you know it's it's still a more affordable option than going with a Pro on the regular 9.7 inch screen. Yep, yep. And so that also means then that uh, uh, that's been a long time since that's been updated. The I- iPad Mini um, is in a similar um, a similar phenomenon. Um, no updates today announced for the Mac Pro, which has been a long time um, suffer of a lack of updates. And actually, I have a number there that's that's quite shocking. The Mac Pro, the little trash can. Mac Pro has not received an update in 994 days. Uh, there have been minor spec bumps, but that platform seems like it's basically dead. And for those are, of you, are you talking about you talking about the non Retina MacBook Pro? Well, no, this is this is not a this is not a MacBook. It's the actual desktop Mac Pro, the little garbage can oh, black Mac yeah. Pro. Okay, right. And, right. and you may remember Phil Schiller was uh, was so excited about the release of this. He famously said, "You know." We don't innovate my ass was his retort to people that had said that. And they immediately released this uh, platform that has not been updated since December 19th, 2013. And so that's that's stunning to me. And, and I'll be honest, um, I was in the market for a Mac Pro and was starting to save my dollars and cents to buy one to replace my uh, now aging so-called cheese grater Mac Pro, the big, massive aluminum case one that I bought in 2008, but I was waiting for kind of a second generation of that because there were a lot of reported problems with the first generation. And because of that, I mean, I ended up buying a PC desktop in December um, that was uh, fast and it was a gaming machine. Not, I didn't buy it for gaming, but it had good specs, but that was my equivalent of a Mac Pro. So no update to the Mac Pro. And then the iMac um, has received spec bumps, um, but it also has been languishing without an update for quite some time. And the number there trying to fill time while I find the date that was last updated was 330 days ago. So it was 11 months ago that they updated that platform. So, again, you could probably see things before uh, you know the holiday season, obviously, but a lot of speculation ended up going um, unfulfilled at the Mac event, or Mac and PC event today. Um, any thoughts about that, Wes? Anything that, that on that list that you're particularly sad about? You know, the, you're talking about the uh, the trash can Mac. It reminds me of the Mac Lisa. And if people haven't uh-huh. listened to this, the Steve Jobs biography, uh, it really is a great a great listen or a great read. I listen to it on Audible. I don't know. I, I think that's a, a pretty niche product, and and Apple has become really a company for the masses, right? When yep. you look at the, the millions of, of iPhones that have been sold and the way in which they're, you know, it's not a computer company anymore. I mean, at one point, iTunes was, I think, accounting for more revenue, and, and then the iPhone eclipsed that. So, you know, they're still making PCs. They're still making phenomenal computers. Yep. Uh, I am most interested in the upgrades for the laptops. I don't know how I missed this, but realized finally today that there is not a security port on the MacBook Air. We've seen, oh. and we've seen three different, you know, uh, a sort of a triad of laptops for a while from Apple. 
we've got the now what is now called the MacBook, which is the ultra thin running an A7 or 8 processor, a mobile processor, uh, has only the USB C port and the headphone port, which you wonder if that'll go away in, in lieu of a lightning port. Right. Um, and then you've got the MacBook Air, which people kind of thought would go away, and then you've still got the MacBook Pro. Um, so we are still figuring out how many uh, teacher laptops, which are primarily Macs, that we will be refreshing this year. And right. so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that very closely. Uh, we're still uh, functioning. Um, for the majority of our teachers still have the 2011-2012 MacBook Pro with the built-in DVD and um, you know built-in built Ethernet port and just a lot of things that have that are probably going to not you know not be in whatever the next generation device is. Yep. Uh, so anyway, I, I read lots of rumor sites, of course, leading up to this, and, and people are talking about October you know, for something like that. So I think yep. Apple does need to, you know, not, they, they want to get a, a big splash and they recognize that if they, you know, it's probably a production line thing as well um, yep. in terms of ramping stuff up and the volumes and stuff like that they're talking about. So mainly interested in uh, in the MacBooks. Um, I will say that my, uh, probably in this um, April, this past spring, um, I picked up a, a MacBook, which is the real thin one with USB-C connector, et cetera. Uh, really wanted to see if that could have enough video horses to handle mm -hmm. uh, presentations. Took it to iPad Palooza and ISTE. Was really disappointed that the video, whether I did HDMI out with the USB-C adapter or uh, VGA or HDMI, uh, it flickered and it didn't have a consistent signal. Didn't happen when I airplayed, but it did when I was plugged in. Dropped that huh. off at the Apple Genius Bar this last week finally to say, hey, is there a video you know, problem with this, because it doesn't matter what projector I plug it into, and uh, I just was there tonight, and I'm going to be getting it back this week by Saturday, and, and I'm hoping that, that that was a glitch, but wow. anyway, I was I was underwhelmed by that, and from the security port standpoint and some other things, I think we're going to probably still lean towards maybe MacBook Pros, but we'll just have to see what Apple does with, with their line, and like we've talked about with the iPhone and smartphones in general, uh, we're seeing plateaus reached in terms of computing capacity, right? Right. I mean, do I really need a new laptop? Well, I mean, it's great to put an SSD drive, as we've talked right. about before on the show. That could be phenomenal. But, you know, it, yep. it, we reach this point in terms of processing speed and capability to say, you know, do I really need more megapixels in my camera? Do I really need uh, something to go faster? Uh, and I think we're at the point with most computers today, both desktop and laptop, that, you know, we pretty much have everything we need. That's one of the reasons why Chromebooks with four gigs of RAM are just phenomenal and right. and, uh, yeah. are, and the prices are coming down and, and you know, things are, things continue to be more commoditized with that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really so good true. news for consumers. It's very good news for schools, um, you know, and, and the immediate results of this is not you know, something new that you're going to be buying this next year for school probably, but right. the fact that your your general, what is normal and the common denominator of expectation for computing devices, you know, it, it, it continues to, to benefit consumers and also benefit schools in terms of not having to, let's say, you know, lay out $1,000 to refresh laptops. And, and that's, and I'm really interested in that too, as far as the price point of where Apple will be with their laptops. What I honestly need to do is reach out to our Apple rep because when laptops and things get refreshed, sometimes as a school, you can cash in on some deals. Oh. And our district uh, in Yukon, where I was previously, 
um, did that when they were going to buy laptops for all the teachers. And I don't remember exactly what they got, but it seems to me like it was something around five or six hundred dollars versus a thousand each that, wow. you know, they got the last generation, but then they were buying hundreds of them. And right. so anyway, th that's an opportunity for schools. And definitely that's an implication of these kinds of events, because I was was looking for that in terms of are they going to announce this? Because I, I am going to reach out to our rep and see. Uh, basically, they'll clear out the inventory, uh, the inventory pipeline, and that right. can, that can be an opportunity if you you know have have bond money or other funds or whatever to right. to be able to spend. If if the planets are aligned right and you can time it right, you can get a lot more bang for your buck. If you got you know last year's MacBooks right. when the brand new ones are coming out. Well, and and you know I, I I will say that that you can't beat Apple when it comes to longevity with hardware. I mean, you could easily get away with a a, a MacBook Pro for five or six years. Uh, not only just with the fast crispness of it, if you keep it up, maybe update RAM or the hard drive, but more importantly, uh, the actual hardware is built much better than almost all their competitors. And, and a year old model is still going to do a lot of, a lot of good for you in, in investment. So. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll call about, talk about return on investment. Our yeah, exactly. And, yep. Absolutely. And that's a very valid point. So, Hey, I think we're going to have to dedicate, uh, next show to that time article because I don't I don't I don't think we can we can do it justice um, yeah so, I, I agree I with know. you I was thinking the same thing um and for those of you and, and I now I this is a sign that this article has some has some uh 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 weight uh, I've been for this article six times in the last 72 hours after I'd initially had had pinged west with it on Twitter um, but uh, uh on August 31st there was an article in Time magazine called screens and schools are 60 billion dollar hoax and a gentleman by the name of uh, Dr. Kedaris um, uh, has recently written a book um, on uh, on how technology and screen addiction is hijacking our kids. And I think probably a good percentage of an episode should be dedicated to this. But uh, these are themes yeah. that are, are not are not unfamiliar to uh, listeners of this podcast, and um, um, we are very much. Um, in tune, I think, with some of the arguments made here, and although I think we would agree with some of it here, the conclusion that it's a hoax is a bit of a stretch. So, yes, I think that's a great idea. And for those of you that um, maybe want to read the article before we the next episode, uh, we'll keep the link on our show notes at edtechsr.com. Sounds like a plan. Uh, it's a slippery article. There's some really – I mean, I've read Jane Healy's Failure to Connect. I've read The Flickering Mind by – Oppenheimer. I mean, there's yep. uh, Larry Cuban. Um, you know, there's there's really important critiques, but it's uh, it there's a lot of nuance and a lot of um, a lot of things he gets wrong. And when people are going to use that article basically as a bludgeon to say, "See, I told you all this technology, it's just worthless." Um, people are are what I don't know what the the philosophical argument or debate you know term for that, but it's basically you know, reaching conclusions that are, that are not, not justified. And uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta dedicate more time to that. So. Agreed. So let's just only go do the geeks of the week. Um, and then we can call it an episode and I'll run through mine first because I've been already kind of referring to it. Uh, for those of you that are Apple buyers, um, there's a great website. Mac rumors has the Mac rumors buyers guide. It's buyersguide.macrumors.com. And what I love about this website is that it'll let you know where in the product cycle, um, active Mac, uh, devices or Apple devices uh, are at. So as an example of this, 
Um, uh, it, it tells you on the um, on the Mac front that uh, you should not buy a MacBook Air, you should not buy a Retina MacBook Pro, you should not buy a MacBook Pro, you should not buy an iMac, you should not buy a Mac Mini, you should not buy a Mac Pro, because it's been a long time since those were refreshed, and they will then give you links to articles that suggest when they might next um, uh, be uh, updated, so that you can, if you can wait for a month or two, you could probably buy the new cycle as opposed to the old. And so, especially when I'm buying large hardware purchases, uh, new laptop, new desktop, uh, new iPad, um, and I don't know, uh, you know, when the last time something was released or what the product cycle might look like, uh, the buyer's guide for Mac rumors has been a go-to page for me to understand um, the cycles of Mac products. So that's Mac rumors buyer's guide. Awesome. And so I'm going to take a little liberty with uh, my geeks of the week. And rather than do a, a tech gadget, I'm going to do shout outs to two really awesome videos that I have found via Twitter and social media in the last week. The first one is a video by Trevor Muir. And if you do not know about this amazing podcast, which they haven't done a ton of episodes, but it's called Stories from School. Uh, he's from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, he does this with Brad Wilson. It's a phenomenal podcast, and I'll try to put the link to that in the show notes as well. But this is a video called, Who is Your Favorite Teacher Ever? And one of my favorite things to do when I started to teach uh, pre-service and in-service uh, classes back in Lubbock, Texas at Wayland Baptist University was um, I, I did a co-teaching assignment um, halfway through and through the rest of the semester where students would have a different chapter and they would help figure out how it would be taught and they'd co-teach it. But then I asked them to do a teacher impact story. And originally I thought those were all going to just be, oh, I love my sixth grade teacher because he was so awesome and he played kickball with us. And sometimes we got, I got stories about you know, the counselor who said, you know what, you're really not college material. I think you need to do such and such that galvanized the student to really, you know, apply themselves and prove them that they could do this. And anyway, I love this video. I think it's wonderful for us to reflect on, on great teachers and teachers that made an impact on us. It's wonderful for us to share those. That's probably something I'm going to try and find ways to do at my school. Um, because it just builds bridges as we share those stories about our past. And it also helps remind us about what's important in education and for teaching and learning. And it's a great use of technology to, to amplify that kind of stuff. And then the second one um, is the quick video that I just, I found last night uh, from National Geographic, but it's a group uh, called GC Youth. And it's a citizen science program that they do in the Grand Canyon. Uh, and I think, yeah, GC Youth is for Grand Canyon Youth. And, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. And some of the shots, I think it had to be a GoPro camera that they had mounted on the back of this raft, you know, when they're going down the Colorado <laughs> River. But it's, oh, my gosh, so awesome to see these kids doing citizen science. And we'll talk more about this Time article. But, you know, the fact we have mobile technology. I don't know anybody advocating for STEM and, um, you know, effective uses of ed tech who is saying things like, Let's just entertain kids in classrooms and, and have them sit and, <laughs> and stare at screens all day long, right? Yep. Nobody is saying that. And so, anyway, there uh, it was phenomenal. And we we do need encouragement to to not spend so much time on our screen. As I'm sitting here in my driveway, looking at my laptop and my my phone on the dash, uh, screens open doors, they open possibilities, and and that's a phenomenal program. It's it's even one that's so good. I might look at look at it and see if it's something that that uh, that our daughters can participate in because they talk about it being life changing uh, in terms of the perspective that it gives folks about the natural world and our stewardship 
of the earth and, and the planet. So great, amazing documentary. I challenge you awesome. to find a source of better documentary videos than National Geographic. So yep. lo- love there you it. Go. Okay, great. Thanks, Wes. Awesome um, share as usual. So um, this is the EdTech Situation Room podcast, and we broadcast most weeks um, on Wednesday nights um, at um, – 8, 8 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Central Time, which I believe is um, 6, no. 10, 10 Eastern and 7. 10 Eastern. I was trying to think of the UTC, uh, the UTC oh, yeah. uh, time to, to seem super cool. I know, and I, I didn't pull it off. If so. you, yeah, and if you speak UTC, <laughs> you are even geekier than us, and we love you. Yep, yep, we yep. You. Yeah, we got a lot of respect for you. So respect to you. You're, you're awesome. But um, And we're here most Wednesdays. Um, for those of you that can't join us live, and that's most people, um, you should uh, go to our website, edtechsr.com. We're in the iTunes store under podcast. We are in Stitcher Radio under podcast. I noticed the other day that we have made the directory in um, uh, Pocket Cast. So that's exciting that you can find us there. And wherever finer podcasts are aggregated, you can find us there. And we have a survey link. So if you check out our episode 20 or this is episode 21, uh, I'll, I'll put it right at the top this time of the, of the show notes. Uh, please yep. fill that out. Let us know where you're from. Uh, it's kind of cool to to get feedback. In fact, there's yep. some magic to the interactive web getting feedback from folks who, you know, you otherwise just wouldn't be uh, crossing paths with or, or uh, doing a mind share with. So please fill, fill that out. Let us know if there's a, a topic you'd like us to address. And uh, hopefully you got your your fill of, of Apple analysis. I know that we're going to probably just be in for it because this is what so many blogs and uh, yeah. tech shows live for is another Apple event and, you know, <laughs> fodder for the conversations to, yeah. you know, go on week after week. Um, so anyway, love doing this with you, Jason. And I, I will say it's one for the record books, uh, T-Mobile, LTE and uh, Oklahoma City area. Didn't uh, didn't drop a well. I mean, we I did have a, a little bit of, of packet loss. We'll have to see how the video comes through because there was some some audio that I lost for a while. Uh, but overall, just phenomenal. And and I'm yeah. loving 10 gigs a month because uh, if I was on AT and T, I'll guarantee you I'd be paying some overages for this web show tonight. So yep, yay, absolutely. Yep. I was kind of uh, I was kind of or not kind of. I was very impressed with that too because I I'm always amazed when you can pull it off in a in a wireless environment. So. Um, Wes, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internets? All right. I am still W Fryer on Twitter. I just finally did a, a pretty big update to my personal website, westfryer.com, and I am blogging at speedofcreativity.org. So those are the main spots to find me. How about you, Jason? Awesome. I am available on the Twitters at Tech Savvy Teach. Um, and I blog at the NCC Tech Savvy Teacher blog, blog.ncc.org. You can find out more about me and contact me to do kids' parties, uh, 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 corporate events, other places I don't belong at nifer, N-E-I-F-F-E-R.com. So this is the EdTech Situation Room. Have a great week. Adios.